What's going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What's going on, guys? Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode. <clears throat> with another episode of BD4. I still have a little bit of a cold, as you could just tell, but um, I'm going to try and get through this. And it's going to be an easy one to talk about because when you get blown out in two games, um, in back-to-back games, it's kind of hard to discuss, to dive into, to, to provide much insight. But we're going to talk about it a little bit here tonight on BD4. As you see, the Knicks lost big time to the Bucks, and they lost big time to the Phoenix Suns. So against Milwaukee the other night, we kind of expected that, right? That wasn't the game that, that really frustrated me at all. Um, the Bucks have four times the talent as the Knicks. The Bucks were at home. The Bucks are the best team in the NBA right now. They're on pace for over 70 wins. They're on pace to break the uh, point differential record. Um, so it was expected, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo scores 37 points in 21 minutes. So <laughs> you drag that out over the course of 40 minutes, he probably scores over 70 points. And honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised. But um, yeah, he scores a ridiculously efficient 37 in 21. <laughs> so really nobody had the, uh, had the knack the other night. Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett were good. Kevin Knox started out well, but once Mike Miller took him out, he never really found the same rhythm later on in the game with less minutes. But everybody else was pretty pretty shit. Uh, the Knicks just didn't play well, and the Bucks beat the living hell out of the Knicks. So, again, it was expected. Whatever, right? You, like I've been saying all year, beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and whatever happens against the elite will happen against the elite. But that first part, beating the teams you're supposed to beat, Knicks had another opportunity tonight against the Suns where, you know, they lost last time out to begin that West Coast trip in Phoenix. Tonight at the Garden, it was, it was the same result, and the Knicks didn't even compete like they did last time out. They didn't even compete, and that's that's the most frustrating thing about this one. That's what I'm never going to stand for. When you're playing a team that's 16-24, and 24, um, and you're on your own home floor, you, you got to take care of that game, or at least compete, at least be in it, and not lose by, you know, 20-something points like they lost by tonight. And the Knicks didn't have it. Um, right out of the gate, they, they actually had a little bit of a of a focus. They played better out of the gate. Um, they played well out of the gate. Ball was moving. Body movement was good, right? Players were moving off the ball and all that nonsense that we talk about a lot. Julius Randle was scoring downhill, taking shots within the flow of the offense. Um, the Knicks were focused defensively, and they ended up scoring 32 points versus Phoenix's 25 points at the end of the first quarter. So that was sharp. That was good. <laughs> but <laughs> second quarter comes, and uh, second, third, and fourth quarter, the Knicks just lost that focus. They were careless. They were care. 
you know, careless. They were uh, uh, unfocused is the word I'm trying to find. They were sloppy, just played stupid, effortless, and I mean effortless in a bad way, um, heartless, gutless, spiritless basketball. They did. Nobody was boxing out, and that was the first thing I noticed, first and foremost. I, in the first quarter, I mean, I kind of saw a little bit of it, but, you know, the second quarter, the Knicks just stopped boxing out. There was a point where there's no, nobody was boxing out. Three guys were under the rim, and you had Bucks coming from the three-point line to grab the offensive board. Um, it was a joke. It was a joke. And there was a point where the Knicks didn't box out on a free-throw attempt by the Bucks, and the Bucks ended up getting another offensive board. And by the end of the game, they had 13 more total rebounds than than the uh, the Knicks did. It, that was the thing I, I just noticed right off the bat. Nobody was boxing out and just sloppy on the offensive end. A lot of turnovers, some offensive fouls in that second quarter, and missing free throws, stopping the ball movement, going ISO. It was, and this continued throughout the third and fourth quarter as well. Same things, same things. And by the end of the half, the Knicks were down by six points. By the end of the third quarter, they were down, you know, it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, it was, it, that was it. That was the turning point. That second quarter, 21-5 to five run by Phoenix, you know, when the Knicks took their foot off the pedal. From there on, it was, the, it, that was game. And that was the turning point. So you didn't like the effort tonight. Didn't like anything really, aside from Julius Randle had a better performance than most Knicks, but still not the most efficient performance he took 23 shots to score 26 points did shoot like 47 percent from the floor but you know he was scoring downhill again but he kind of he was off and on throughout the game and he um i guess he was still the best nick but not great out there um and overall again the effort was not there defensively the knicks just didn't give a shit as the game went along they stopped Guarding Booker, they st- I mean, they made Ricky Rubio. Mm. Listen, Ricky Rubio, Rubio is a fine player. I respect Rubio. I think he's a very nice player who's found a niche here with the Phoenix Suns. But oh my God, not only did he score 25, 20 something points and dime out over ten assists, and he had a triple double. But but how do you let this guy take eighteen field goals on you? They let him shoot eighteen times. Ricky Rubio shouldn't be shooting eighteen times against you. They left him open in the mid-range area. They left him open for three. Gave him so much space to do work. And he nailed every shot he took, it felt like. And the Knicks just didn't they didn't defend him. They did not defend Ricky Rubio. This isn't the score. You know, this is a guy who all you gotta do is play a little bit of defense on him and you'll contain him. <laughs> but they let this guy just work on him. And they let Devin Booker do his thing, his usual. Aiton had a nice double-double, scored over 20. The three of them combined for 80 points. They look like Rondo, Pierce, and Garnett out there. I joked about that in the recap tonight, but it's true. The Knicks just... Again, with the space, the, too much space. They're not defending tight enough and just allowing players to do too much work. Booker hit a couple of mid-ranges tonight, hit some from downtown, uh, but took it to the rack a lot, drawing fouls, Aiton, similar things, and... Ricky Rubio penetrating, kicking it out, just doing everything. Nobody really just, nobody focused in on him. No emphasis on the defensive end of the floor, and that's where it started. So, I don't know, but you really can't, like I said, you can't talk about these blowouts that much because it's it's hard to, it's hard to dissect a game where 
your team's not even going to try because if they tried we can at least talk about the effort they gave in they gave him and um the things that they did wrong but there was no effort so obviously you're not going to win games when you're not trying out there so <laughs> that's pretty much all i got i really don't have much else to say but one thing i'm noticing during this stretch where the knicks have now lost what seven of their last eight or something around that i think it's seven of their last eight during this stretch not that I'm starting to notice because I've been noticing this all season, but first of all, we really got to start Mitchell Robinson. Second of all, we really need a point guard that can shoot. That's the real, that's the real thing here. We need a point guard that can shoot the basketball. I'm tired of watching Alfred Payton throw up his beeline bricks from the arc. I'm tired of watching Frankie Lakina score 10 points once every three weeks and us getting excited about it. You know, I'm tired of, of this shit. I mean, we need a point guard who can shoot the basketball, who can be aggressive, and who's consistent. Somebody to hold the floor. And maybe we can do something at the deadline where we at least get some young kid who can hold, who can at least hold the floor for, for the rest of the year and, you know, hold the, the, uh, hold the fort, as I guess I'm trying to say, and run the floor as the point guard here. But, yeah, man, right now we don't have a legitimate point guard who can even shoot the slightest. It's so hard watching this team throw up bricks from the three-point line so consistently while the rest of the league is enjoying a you know, a three-point barrage, it feels like. The Knicks are just the only team who just never shoot well. And it's not only the point guard position, but that's the position where you're going to need shooting most, right? Wouldn't you say? Point guard? It's a point guard league. and you know, It's a shooting league. Find that too and you get something. The Knicks just need a point guard who could shoot the ball. They don't have one. But yeah, they do need uh, Mitchell Robinson to start. It, it's it's time, man. How, how long are we going to wait? We're freaking into the second half of the year now. Let's go. Let's go. This is ridiculous. He's not a freaking bench player. I don't care about Taj Gibson. How that's the, This is the thing about showcasing that really frustrates me. I think showcasing around the deadline is the most overrated thing in sports. It is so frustrating to watch this crap. Because tell, tell me, tell me, what GMs are out there you know, seeing Taj Gibson, a vet who's been in the league for over 10 years, who's 30-something years old, is it, is it, if Taj Gibson averages a double-double for the next 10 games, are GMs really going to fall for that? Or are they going to be smart and say, we know who Taj Gibson is. He's already peaked, obviously. He's he's a veteran who's aging. Nobody's going to fall for that. Showcasing is the stupidest things, especially for veterans out there. The league knows who Taj Gibson is already. The league knows who Bobby Portis is. Playing them extended minutes, playing them, starting them, that's not going to make a difference. I don't care what stats they throw up there. I don't care how good they play during a stretch, their value is going to remain whatever it is. I, I really don't believe that it's going to change GM's minds and, and you know, make anything better for, you know, as far as the return haul for the Knicks. That's not going to make any difference. As for younger players, that's a different story. But vets, you know, vets that have already, you know, peaked, that are now on the downside, that's not going to make a difference. So let's get Mitchell Robinson in there. Please, please, please. And not to say Mike Miller did a bad job distributing his minutes tonight. Tonight, he actually did pretty well. Portis only played 17. Um, all the young kids pretty much played big minutes, 20-plus minutes. But I guess you can't really credit Mike Miller for that because when you're in a game where you're getting blown out by the time the uh, third quarter you know, is halfway through, 
you kind of have to play your kids. It's kind of one of those games where you empty your bench by the fourth quarter. So that was obviously you know, inevitable to in tonight's game. But um, yeah, I mean, this showcasing thing's got to end. Let's just let's, come on, get Taj Gibson out of there. Start playing Mitchell Robinson. You know, start start the game with Mitchell Robinson and get the kids out there all at once, man. I would like to see Kevin Knox start playing twenty five plus minutes. I would like to see Mitchell Robinson when he's not in foul trouble. Play 30 minutes like he did tonight and start. I would like to see Frankie Lakina at least. You know, I know he's not the best point guard in the world. I know he's kind of a bust. At least I think so. He's not. He's definitely a bust. He's he's a good, decent you know, backup player. But we should still start the guy because why would you play a guy who's not going to be here soon? And Alfred Payton, Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't want to be here either. Start the kid you drafted at least for now until you get a legitimate point guard either in the draft or maybe trade for somebody at the deadline, but just go with the kids, go with the kids. Um, it's, that's that though. <laughs> I really have nothing else to talk about. I, I but yeah, man, I, you can't lose to the Suns by 20 something points on your own home floor. You get booed off the garden floor, rightly so. It was just a disgusting, disheartening performance tonight for the New York Knicks. We didn't want to see that and we got it. So, that's all I got. I'm going to end this one here. I got to go to bed. It's it's late. Rob Carbone, BD4, episode 62. Knicks get shelled for two games. I'm signing out. Ciao.